This podcast is a continuation of our four attachment style series. It's going to be on the anxious preoccupied or also known as dependent attachment style. Stay tuned. Before I dive in talking about the insecure, dependent, or as they call it, preoccupied, anxious attachment style, let's do a quick review on the attachment style. So what you have is you have secure relationship style, which is someone who is a very healthy individual. They're not anxious, dismissive, or totally over-dependent on someone. And luckily, fortunately, 60% of the population falls within the secure category, secure attachment style. Now, where it gets a little tricky is for those that are not in the secure attachment style, they may fall into these three, which is anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant, and fearful, avoidant. What we're going to talk about today is the anxious, preoccupied, or what I also saw in Dr. Tim Clinton's book on attachment, the dependent attachment style. You would be surprised as I go through uh, the traits and and the I guess you can call the symptoms of someone who is uh, anxious, preoccupied, or dependent. You'll soon find out that maybe some of these uh, social media platforms are taking advantage of this attachment style as a way to uh, to market and to attract people to be addicted to these uh, applications. You'll see what I mean by this. Uh, what I what I'm alluding to is the instant gratification and the stroking of the ego, yet not fully working on your issues at hand. And again, this is just my theory. I haven't seen too much writing on it, but it's something that I'm going to get into. So. Again, a quick review. 60% of the population enjoys a secure attachment. That's the healthiest attachment style. Securely attached individuals often support their partners when in distress, and they're comfortable seeking the support of others when they themselves are in distress. It's a balanced individual, bottom line. On the other hand, anxiously attached individuals are not comfortable being alone. They feel incomplete on their own and are therefore desperate for a partner to complete them. They also want their partner to rescue them from themselves. They often become overly clingy, demanding, and possessive of their partner. They become paranoid that their partner will leave them and take desperate steps to try to prevent that. But unfortunately, their fears and behaviors often function to push their partners further away. And I'm going to use some cultural examples in this next section of how it's almost encouraged and promoted to be an anxious individual, to be in a dependent attachment style. Very unhealthy, but hopefully, even if you're suffering from this or you've been in a relationship similar to this, you can learn from it, adjust, and be a version 2.0 of yourself. One thing about the dependent or overly anxious attachment style is that after breakup, they, um, they're they seriously preoccupied about losing their partner emotionally and physically. These are the folks that will, you know, they'll be in mourning, even if they're in an abusive relationship. The fact that they don't have someone just breaks them. And also the fact that they've lost control, that they had this person who cared for them. Again, even if it was this illusion of care, which was abusive. In a way, their own over-dependence was abuse in its way, whether it was self-abuse or abuse towards a partner. Again, two sides of every story. So 
Uh, these are the folks that are more likely to engage in exaggerated attempts to try to get that relationship back, right? They're the ones that continuously text and call the person even after they've broken up, right? Engaging in vengeful behavior, you know, just going on their social media and saying, I can't believe what John did. I can't believe what Linda did and posting it all in front of their friends. It's a, it's very unhealthy way of reacting after a breakup. Now, There's one positive aspect to all the pain felt by anxiously attached individuals is that they experience more personal growth after loss of relationship. Okay. Yes, they take, they take it the hardest, but they experience more personal growth. And it, you know, it's always interesting because I always look at the theory of like stoicism versus like being fully expressive emotionally. And I really do mean less the philosophy of stoicism, though that could be taken literally, and more just being stoic, period, right? Like not showing a lot of emotions, kind of being even kill, not feeling a lot of joy if something happy, uh, something happy happens that, that's supposed to get you happy, and not being overly depressed if something bad happens to you, right? Just being stoic, just being in the middle. And then there's those that fluctuate, right? They're, they're like a wave, a tidal wave, where if something bad happens, they totally feel it. They get angry, they get sad. Um, and then, but at the same time, they can learn from it and then get back into a, a mode of self-improvement. So th those are the two extremes. And I feel as I, as I learn more about this anxious, preoccupied or dependent attachment style, I can see them being more of that wave where they take a, a loss of a relationship and they're just all kinds of bitter and hurt and uh, confused and feel, you know, abandoned in a very extreme way compared to a secure attachment style. But then they learn from it, right? They, they experience more personal growth. Now, this is what's important is uh, as I did my research, personal growth also needs to include the feedback loop, which I actually teach a lot of my clients. Okay, I'm going to plug in my business there. If you're interested, hit me up, the dating doc on Instagram. But what, what I normally tell people is that, you know, they, they normally say, well, I'm ready to date again, or I'm at a whole nother level of who I am as a, as a man or woman. You have to make sure that there's a feedback loop in place so you're not repeating the same issues over and over again. So what does, what does that mean? What that means is it's the equivalent of saying, I'm ready to go running again, even though you haven't fully healed up your leg. And yes, you're, you're faster now, you're ready to go. But then all of a sudden, you know that once you go to that same trail, the one that's full of rocks, you might twist an ankle. You know it happens almost every time. This time you're ready, you go out there and you hurt your ankle. Again, right? Because you went through the same path. This is you know, this is kind of a, or should say, metaphor of dating the wrong kind of people, and then you get back into that rut. So personal growth also has to be, hey, I learned from my last breakup. No, it also means holistically learning to the point you don't repeat the same mistake again. So, uh, with that said, the overdependent. You know, the, the, the super anxious, preoccupied type of attachment style, they feel incomplete on their own and they feel desperate for completion within a relationship. So what ends up happening is that they, they develop these um, faster infatuation for others. And when they feel rejected socially or romantically, it's more painful 
than for the other attachment styles. Again, I say that again. Anxiously attached individuals feel the pain more when they are rejected or when they get overly infatuated about someone and it doesn't work out. But again, even though the the uh, the research that I read didn't really say that they blame it on others, but that's what normally happens with a lot of my clients. They try to find external blame. They, they try to say, hey, it's the men, it's the woman, it's the apps. Um, I can't believe I'm, I'm dating these kind of people because they get very overly in, in, uh, infatuated. And here's the thing, even if you're securely attached, meeting someone who's overly attached, independent or uh, dependent or uh, preoccupied, anxious, a secure attachment attachment individual is not going to feel right with someone who is overly dependent on someone else's validations or that the infatuation needs to be mutually reciprocated. Like a secure attachment person is just not going to feel comfortable. And honestly, they're not, they're going to feel like that preoccupied or dependent or really uh, anxious attachment style is not a good fit for them. But yet the person that is on the overly dependent, anxious, preoccupied attachment style, they're going to feel like the other person's at fault. They're going to feel like, hey, why doesn't this person like me? Uh, Something must be wrong with them instead of, again, the internal reflection. All right, we'll take a pause. We're going to get knee deep into this. Stay tuned. Now, I want to do some quick announcements uh, before we get into the the rest of the podcast episode, because it's important. You might be looking, for example, for video speed dating, matchmaking, or you want to work with me and do some date coaching. So tomorrow, I actually launch the datingdoc.com again. What I mean by this is we have completely overhauled the website because we want to make an all resource website. We want you to be able to connect, learn, and match. That's part of the mantra of what the dating doc is all about. So today is October 11th. Tomorrow morning, October 12th, will be the day that we unveil this new website. I recommend that you view it. Again, it's thedatingdoc.com. Highly recommend you check it out for a couple of reasons. First off, we are trying to disrupt swipe culture. We're not trying to be a Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, any of those websites. What we're trying to do is we are wanting folks to be healthy daters again. Part of that is the teaching aspect, which through the podcast, I'm sure you've learned that I've alluded to the fact that I'm a coach. We also match people. That's through our matchmaking and video speed dating. Now, matchmaking is not what you see on TV. It is a very curated form of getting people that are too busy to swipe on apps or go to the wrong places, especially like business professionals or someone who is just has a very demanding schedule, but they're quality and they don't have time to, to mess around with swiping and messaging and simple messages. They go to us and that's what we've been doing. We've been doing it for 10 years when we we're formerly known as Synergy Dating. And last but not least, building community. 
the awareness of healthy dating, not just the teaching one-on-one and the clients and the courses, but building that vibe tribe of healthy daters and folks that can be ambassadors of that message of just going back to that organic, magical, healthy way of communicating and connecting. So please, I recommend if you've been supporting the podcast, when you get a chance, check out thedatingdoc.com. I would love you for it. And if you have a chance, go to the contact us page. Just let us know you've checked it out. And, you know, no hard feelings if you decide not to invest uh, any money into it. But uh, I think you will enjoy the services that we see on there and uh, would love to meet you. So, like I said, we're going to get knee deep into this now. And this is a good way for you to understand if you are someone who is preoccupied, anxious, or overly dependent as an attachment style, or you know someone in your family. This may be beyond just dating. So, here's some quotes, real quick, that kind of uh, recap the uh, preoccupied or anxious uh, attachment style. These are the type of folks that are desperate and they'll say, I want a relationship or I need you or come to me, right? Where the secure relationship style would say, come and stay. The dismissive would say, go away. And the fearful, anxious attachment style would would say, come but stay away. So we're in the realm, realm of come to me, right? These are people that are desperately saying, hey, get over here. I'm ready to have a relationship. What's wrong with you? And here's another quote that also helps illustrate a little bit more of the anxious, preoccupied, or overly dependent attachment. So, quote, I want to be completely emotionally intimate with others, but I often find that others are reluctant to get as close as I would like. And I am uncomfortable being without close relationships, but I sometimes worry that others don't value me as much as I value them. So, Again, as a recap, people with this style of attachment, they seek high levels of intimacy, approval, and responsiveness from their partners. So they value intimacy so much that they become overly dependent on their partners. Now, earlier on the podcast, I was talking about how it is that the media takes advantage of this. And you might think, oh my gosh, here we go, conspiracy brother here. But I really mean it. I, I, I truly feel that apps such as Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and others, they take advantage of that person's close relationship with their phone or with that social media platform. Think about it. Look at your phone when you get a chance and look at the functionalities that promote this anxious, preoccupied, or dependent attachment style. They have hearts to like something, and then you can comment. So you have women mainly that go on TikTok and they'll do all these crazy dances because they're so hungry, so hungry for that validation to get close to their fans, their followers, that they take on very unhealthy behaviors. Same thing with with men. Okay, men don't they don't do the dances, but they maybe say something controversial or they want to piss people off because they're so dependent on just reactions and and feeling valued. And they're willing to lose a part of themselves to get that. 
which is ironic because the fact is they're so dependent on their phones that they're not getting those close relationships from their family or friends. So again, it's self-abuse that is uh, enabled by the apps themselves. You can also see this with Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, et cetera, et cetera. They cash out, literally these companies, these stockholders, they want metrics. So they, they cash out on you, the user, um, being overly dependent on being overly dependent. <laughs> does that make sense? Hopefully it does. I'll use an example of how I grew up as a, I grew up in a Latin family, a Puerto Rican family. And I would also say that the media way back then had a hand in telenovelas, right? Which are Spanish soap operas that would promote the psychotic woman that would go after a man or her former man by any means necessary. It was almost like, uh, it, it was very encouraged, like, oh, cool. You know, the, the so-called villain of the series, she's she's bad. She's cool because she, she's going after her guy and she's willing to blow up uh, the current ex-girlfriend's car to go after her and slap a couple of people around. That was promoted as so-called healthy or acceptable, which we know is, is not. This is someone who lacks self-esteem. This is someone who uh, has not dealt with their own uh, feelings of, of, of worth, and they only see value in others. They only see value in being validated by others. So it, it's something that, that you would see where you see the, uh, my, you know, my cousin, for example, would go back to that abusive relationship because she just wanted to feel quote unquote loved. And we knew it was the wrong thing for her. But again, she she really wanted to feel clinged to someone. She wanted to cling to someone regardless how, how toxic it was. Now, if you are a person that's going through anxious, preoccupied, or overly dependent attachment style, you're going to have to learn how to bond with others in a healthy way, right? You don't care if they give you back that same level of energy and care. Now, you have to start off with healthy people, not abusive, bad boys, or, you know, the the good looking woman who's going to abuse you. You have to start off with a healthy group of people, whether that's Bible study, whether it's a reading group, whether it's just a meetup event, meeting friends that bring value. They're healthy to the point that you start practicing the fact that, hey, it's okay if I'm if I'm not getting all this attention, if I'm in a group meeting, in a group setting, it's okay if I don't meet a guy here. Like I'm still valuable. Part of that might be practicing to maybe, maybe just observe, maybe be quiet and just be in the moment instead of feeling like you have to be overly uh, close to someone. Another thing is, is to meditate and self audit and tell yourself, okay, what is causing me to feel like this? Was I, um, you know, as, as a kid, uh, did I feel like I would get separation anxiety if I wasn't around my parents or siblings? That might be something you need to look at and you need to journal that. Take an audit, take that audit and write it down. Was it the way that it started out with romantic relationships? Did you start off at a point where you felt like, hey, this person doesn't like me. I, I don't. I don't have any value. 
That might have started all the way back in fifth grade. Might have started in high school. Write that down. Okay, write that down. Journal it. If you know someone that you're dating or you're interested in, and you start seeing these signs of clinginess, of high levels of intimacy, of quick infatuation, then you're gonna have to take a pause and let them know and tell them, look. I'm interested in you. You have a lot going for you, but I feel the energy, the vibrations you're giving me. I'm really big on that. The vibrations and the energy you're giving me is so much too heavy to the point that it feels unhealthy. You could tell them that. You could tell them, look, it feels unhealthy to the point that you're desperately wanting my my validation, my approval, instead of us working this naturally. And hopefully that may lead to a breakthrough with that person you're interested in or you are currently dating to where they understand, hey, okay, there's trust here. This person's gonna, they're gonna be there for me. What ends up happening is that they they assume that, um, you know, if they're not helping, if they're not involved, if they're not, you know, loving you, then they're not doing it right. They're gonna push you away or vice versa. If you're the one who's an anxious, preoccupied or dependent attachment style. so. Hopefully that that helped. Um, use it again. I advocate to my clients to journal. So as you're listening to the podcast, if you're in the car, take a moment and think about it. Uh, just do a quick self audit, even for a minute or two, and think of, hmm, do I fall into this anxious, preoccupied, or do I know a family member or someone close to me that's going through this? All right, stay tuned. Nowadays, it seems as if the world moves so fast that we've forgotten the natural process of dating. We live in an era dominated by swiping apps where singles feel more like objects rather than humans. The quick and continuous letdowns have left some broken to the point of becoming toxic or no longer wanting to connect. But our team of trusted dating professionals have also witnessed the natural magic happen, where two people become one. This is why we are proud to introduce our Dating 101 course. In this course, you will learn how to remove both internal and external blame, improve your chances during a first date, mindset shift, and so much more. The course is taught by Chris Feliciano, founder of The Dating Doc, a renowned date coaching and matchmaking company long considered one of the most influential companies in the industry. Chris brings over 10 years of experience and holds over five certifications specific to building dating and relationship skills. Whether you're looking for a short or long-term relationship or with the intended goal of one day getting married, this course is for you. Let Dating 101 be your path to reconnecting with yourself as well as others. Change starts with you. Visit us at thedatingdoc.com and sign up now.